Hello and welcome to the final episode of season one of the Auto Riff. Now, obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, you see behind me that that doesn't say Auto Riff. That says, well, here, let me move out of the way. Car space. What is that? And now, and even if you're if you're listening on the podcast, I'm sure you've already seen the feed switch over to a new name called Car Space. I just kind of wanted to put this in the beginning of the episode to kind of explain what's going on in the future of the podcast. Uh, so I'm going to take the next month off. Uh, so this will be the final episode of season one. Season two will start in the beginning of January. Uh, so funny thing happened uh, in episode 23 where I interviewed Landon. And if a kind of spoiler alert here, uh, I follow up that interview in this episode uh, is I found out that I really liked the direction that that was going. And in saying that, I really like interviewing you all. I like interviewing people from around the car community and kind of learning new parts of the car community. I really enjoyed that. I really love the history part still. Uh, I'm still going to incorporate the history part. Like you'll notice in this episode, I talked to Landon about his Avora and I also kind of researched the Avora. So it kind of mixed the two in. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, so we're going to keep doing that in, in uh, season two. Uh, the name change is purely because of searchability of the show. Uh, I talked to a few people in the podcast community and uh, my wife and a couple of friends. And being that an auto riff is also a guitar riff, uh, it made sense that, and I know car space kind of brings up this imagery of MySpace. If you're my age or older, you remember MySpace. Uh, and that was kind of on purpose, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, so the idea of the show is, so I went kind of recently to a local car meet. Oh, there's a local car club here. And I went to a car meet. And really what I loved about it was that there no two cars were the same. It wasn't a Subaru meetup. It wasn't a Ford meetup. It was just a bunch of people who love their cars and their trucks and their SUVs, whatever it was, and of all different types of kinds that they clearly put a ton of money in. And some guy who just drug his car there, you know? And I, I really loved that feeling and that feeling of somebody who owned say a muscle car could go talk to someone who owned uh, a Supra or something, you know what I mean? Like a, a, a JDM car. And there was mutual respect for everyone because everyone loved cars. So, so I really wanted to carry that feeling over here. I have a lot of uh, big plans that hopefully I'm able to carry out. Uh, there's going to be a website eventually uh, a proper one, not like the, the WordPress one that we have right now with the auto riff. Uh, and, and basically I want, I don't want it to be segregated into your, your Ford guy, your Chevy guy, whatever it is. I just want a bunch of people who enjoy cars together, talking about cars and enjoying and respecting each person's personal decision. Cause no two people are the same. You know, you, you could have two JDM guys and you have one's a Honda guy, one's a Toyota guy. If it's two Toyota guys, one's a super guy, one's a, a Corolla and you know, an 86 Corolla, whatever. And, and I just want everyone to respect everything. I think I feel like, and I've said this on the show probably earlier on, that there's too much division in the world, anyways. And so I don't want this to be a place of division. I want this to be a podcast, a YouTube, a website, and a culture in of itself of just people who enjoy cars and enjoy looking at other people's cars or trucks, SUVs, whatever, that just enjoy the community as a whole and not just segregated into into groups. So hopefully that works out um, for season two. That's what we're going to do. I am going to take the next month off. So we'll start again in January. The idea is I'll 
hopefully get to do a lot, get a backlog of interviews going. Uh, I really, really encourage anyone listening to this, uh, all five of you, I'm just kidding. It's a little bit more than five, but not much, uh, to reach out to me. You know, I still have the autoriff at gmail.com. You can still find me on Instagram, Twitter. It's under car space now. Uh, reached out to me on there. I'm, I'm happy to talk to you. If it's five, 10 minutes, I don't care. You know, like that's, and you'll, you'll hear in this interview coming up, one of the most enjoyable parts for me of having done this podcast is literally that I've gotten to talk to so many different people and, and learn new things. And just, I don't know, like that, that's the most enjoyable part to me is, is to getting to talk to people. I love learning about cars and I've loved the history stuff and I still want to continue doing that, but really getting to talk to other car enthusiasts, uh, has been awesome. And it really opened my eyes to different parts. And I want to keep opening my eyes to more of them. And I want to keep sharing that with you guys. Uh, and yeah, so that's, I kind of want to put this in the beginning because I don't want to tuck it at the end. I know a lot, a lot of people listen to the outro portion of the show, uh, which is fine. I understand that. I don't either when I listen to podcasts. Uh, so I want to put this in the beginning. You are listening to car space. It is the final season of the auto riff, but everything's already switched over to car space uh, because I'm an impatient person and I had the idea. I made the logo. And then literally that day I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and load it all up before I don't get around to it. So enjoy this final episode for this season. Uh, I am talking to Landon, uh, who has the Lotus Evora again. Uh, we talked a little bit more last time. I felt like I cut him off because I had a couple other things backed up. But uh, super excited. Great conversation. Landon's a great guy. I uh, love texting with him and finding out more about his car and about kind of his experiences with the car. So enjoy. And uh, I'll see you again in January. So I'm joined again by Landon. Uh, who had the Avora back in episode 23, I think it was. So basically, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Landon has a Lotus Evora. What year was it? Uh, 2010. A 2010. And is that is it an S model or is it the... Yeah. Yeah, the super... It's the standard. It's, standard. it's the standard. It's not a supercharged. Not supercharged. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's the yeah, 276-ish horsepower. That's right. Basically. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh so I just want to give a quick background on the Lotus Evora because, uh, you know, those of you that don't know. So it was actually developed under the name Project Eagle, the July 22nd, 2008 at the British International Motor Show, which is a heck of a time because it actually ended up coming out. Was 2010 the first year of it or 2009 was? So in the U.S., 2010 was. So I think I had it in 09 out in the U.K. and, and Europe and all that. I think 2010. Okay, so you have a first year in the States, basically. Right. So it's the only Lotus right. model that ever had a two plus two configuration. So I got to ask Landon, uh, who do you hate enough to stuff in the back seat of that thing? Um, pretty much just backpack <laughs> so <Yeah>. far. <laughs> That's about all I can do is a backpack. Yeah, yeah, there's I... no room back there. Now, I've heard in the Lotus community, people use it for car seats. So, okay. Yeah, I was, I was watching you. Sorry. A top gear special this morning from with uh, Jeremy Clarkson when he drove it, when it first came out and, uh, he loved the car and everything. Right. And, uh, I remember that was one of the things where they kind of, sh they showed the back seat and I was like, wow, you'd have to saw someone's legs off to get them back there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you either need to not have legs or you need to be a baby i mean yeah 
No, so it was kind of developed uh, with the idea because like we talked about the Elise and the Exige before that, and they were they're they're very like track focused type cars, right? And your car, the Avora, right. was kind of meant to be a more upscale, modern, more comfortable, but still in that Lotus vein. So I know you have a Forerunner right. that you daily. Uh, mm-hmm. But That's would right. you be comfortable actually dailying the Evora if you had to? Uh, yeah, I mean, if the Forerunner needed to be in the shop and I had to drive that for a week, uh, I'd be fine. So I had a hitch with that uh, only because I, I was not able to get it in my driveway for a while until I got a piece of um, uh, it's something that kind of fills this drainage ditch thing. It wouldn't have gone in my driveway otherwise. Um, okay. So, I couldn't actually get it in my driveway, but now, now that I can, uh, I could, if I needed to daily that and I'd be okay. And I've taken some road trips in it since I've had it too. And it's, it's not bad. I don't want to go much over three hours, but, um, well, your first drive was 1100 miles. You said, so Uh, yeah, that required, that required some, uh, some alcohol and a lot of Advil and, um, (laughs) a lot of sleep after that ride. That was a, that was a tough drive. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So what have you learned about the car since? I remember one of the things you'd already found out was there was something wrong with the locking on it. Yeah. Uh, that is still a problem. Uh, I still need to get that fixed, um, but it's not too terrible. Um, but yeah, it still needs, I still need to get that fixed. That's, um, that's been the biggest issue so far. So it's just finicky. Right. I mean, but if that's, if that's it, honestly, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, considering how people view British cars and British sports cars in particular, uh, for their lack of reliability, uh, that's, right. that's pretty good to, uh, just have a, a lock issue and not a total electrical fire or meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So did you know the architecture for the Evora was actually based on a crossover concept called the APX? I did not know that. A crossover. Yes. Yeah. In 2006, Lotus really? had a, a concept crossover SUV where the the basic architecture that they were they were throwing out there was, look, we can do a lot of things with this frame. And it turned out the first thing they actually did production-wise was the Evora. And then became the only thing they did with it. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. I, okay. I, I I saw that oh. today and I was like, and I looked up the APX uh, was aluminum production crossover is what APX stood for. Uh, it was a funky looking SUV. It looked, I wouldn't even say it looked Lotus. It looked almost uh, Renault. If you've seen Renault vehicles, like uh, the French cars, it looked yeah. more yeah. like the just the the way the lines were on the vehicle actually looked more like that. It was interesting. Wow, that is weird. I'll have to look that up. I'll definitely look that up right after. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so tell us a little bit more because we I kind of we kind of cut off like mid drive uh and you kind of went through the process of how you bought it and it was very nerve-wracking i'm sure on your end uh but like i know yeah. you say okay so you need a lot of advil uh after driving it a lot of sleep but was it semi-comfortable for being a sports car y- yes uh, so the the suspension in this car is surprisingly compliant i think even 
Jeremy Clarkson mentions that in that video, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But he took it off road, the, yeah. Um, yeah, and and it really is true. It is so crazy how they've managed to do that because every other sports car I've driven, I, I think I mentioned I've driven quite a few in the past. They're not like this. This thing will soak up a bump. Um, a friend of mine's new 911 Carrera S. It, it doesn't even handle stuff like this. It, it's just it'll just soak up a bump, but at the same time, you can go around a turn and it's and it's flat and and compliant and responsive and they they have done something fascinating with that it could probably stand to be a tad stiffer but that's probably personal preference so yeah it's it's a it's a comfortable car i mean i I drove my mom around in it uh shortly after we aired or i recorded that first podcast episode i picked her up and uh showed her and she was first one to ride in it and my dad i think i had mentioned has an amg gts mercedes and she yeah. rides with him in that in that car, and she prefers the ride of the Lotus because the AMG GTS is just too stiff, and the right. Lotus is comfortable. Yeah, yeah, and well, they actually. Uh, I'm not sure you. I think you were about my height, around the six foot range, right? Uh, six two. Six yeah, two. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we're both six two. Uh, the car was actually designed to fit up to six foot five in the front seats, obviously wow. not the back seats. Because I guess one of the uh, the head of Lotus at the time was about that height, and so he wanted to be able to fit in it comfortably. Okay, yeah, I also didn't know that. Now I will say you can you can tell um, when you're when you're in the car you can tell because I mean the first thing I did when I got in that car was I, I pulled the seat all the way back and got in and realized oh I can't even I can't even press the clutch all the way to the floor um, so this right. is odd so I had to pull the seat up a pretty good amount and then the other thing you notice the roof line has the two bubbles over the top. So, and you can tell on the inside too. So you have helmet room. I mean, I've, I've got tons of space in there uh, for what it is. It's, it's unreal what they've done. So how often do you drive it now? Yeah. Uh, it, I drive it about every weekend. Uh, and then sometimes I'll drive it. Um, uh, there's, there's this private members club. It's kind of like a country club, but there's no golf course, uh, affiliated with it. Um, but just that's just picture that because essentially what it is mm-hmm. um i drive it up to that and uh so if i go out with my friends or whatever uh up there and it's a nice day i i'll take the lotus because um the lotus they let me park up front and the valet uh i just i just park up front and hand them the keys and then walk in but i don't i mean the valet is technically free with tip but i don't i don't even have to do that because i park myself up front and they don't want to drive the stick shift car so um that's been one of my surprising things about owning this car i am getting i'm getting full exotic car ownership experience in this car and that i did not expect that was one thing that exactly and and that was one thing i was kind of excited to talk about was was um kind of what i've learned about this car and how it's viewed i mean it's Mm -hmm. kind of a good and a bad thing but of, of course but to, I mean, I went to Caffeine and Octane two Sundays ago. I went with a friend of mine that I met because of this car that has a McLaren 720S. And now him and I have gotten pretty tight. Um, me and him drove two hours to Atlanta. Uh, we actually made it in an hour, 40 minutes. <laughs> um, we're cruising pretty good, uh, four in the morning. And um, I got to pull in right behind him. And they waved me into the exotic section where they were waving out C8 Corvette. Oh, wow. So, they they weren't they weren't allowed in but but my lotus was allowed in uh it huh. was only 
and also a friend of mine's 911 GT3, uh, the 4.0 GT3 uh, 2018 model, uh, Miami blue, gorgeous car. He was also not allowed to park in the exotic lot. And that's a $200,000 GT3. Right. So that's been <laughs> what's been the most surprising thing is that it gets treated like it's a $300,000 McLaren 720S. Uh, I mean, people don't know the difference. And it gets confused with the McLaren a lot. That has been one of the most con- most confused things that it that it is confused with. I could, yeah, I could see that. It definitely has a, kind of a smaller McLaren look to it. Uh, yeah, if you look at the MP412C, you know, the yeah. best name of any car. Yeah. Mouthful. <laughs> if you look at the MP412C uh, and look at the Lotus, Evora, the early Lotus Evora, they look very similar actually and i yeah. never noticed that before but they do it's something about the headlights and, and shape yeah no that now that so. you say that it, it, it just seeing in my head they they do they are very similar yeah uh yeah so uh so you've taken it to a couple car shows then you get a lot of attention there yeah it gets uh and i've never so other than caffeine and octane in atlanta um other than that it, it's the only lotus uh, at, at any of them. So wow. I'll list off just a few. So I'm a regular now at our, uh, we have a cars and coffee event that's every Saturday. I missed it today. That's with the first one I'm actually missing in a long time. Um, and we just kind of, me and this group, the GT3 guy and the 720S guy, another guy has the 911 Turbo S Cabriolet and a couple other guys that have 911. We all try to go out there and just meet up and we just chat and stuff mm-hmm. uh, and go look at other stuff. Um, so I try to go to that one every Saturday. So far, like I said, this is the only one I missed. Uh, the second Saturday of every month, Birmingham has a bigger show that had a Ferrari Enzo show up at it. There's a guy in Birmingham that owns a Ferrari Enzo and a whole lot of other cars, uh, multiple other Ferraris and everything else. He drove a Ferrari Enzo uh, there. So he's, he's, oh, wow. he drives it, which yeah. is nuts to me. You know, that's almost a $4 million car um yeah that he showed up with so of course that shut the thing down um so yeah my car didn't get much attention to that one because of that but um <laughs> i'm taking it to those those are those are my regulars that i go to a lot uh i drove up to knoxville it's a four-hour drive for me and my dad drove his gts down from kingsport um which is about an hour and a half away from knoxville in the other direction and we met up in Knoxville early that morning and went to a huge cars and coffee called harper auto cars and coffee or something about 10,000 people showed up to that. Uh, wow. It's a huge one. Um, yeah, so we, we caravaned in, and that, that ended up being one of – that's going to be one of those cherished memories that I have with my dad. And my mom came as well with them. Um, but th- specifically for my dad and I, we're the car guys. Uh, so that – already this car has brought that. That's just a great memory that we, that we can have, you know, that I would have never expected. That's the first car show him and I have ever been to together like that. And we got both of our cars parked next to each other in the exotics lot um, again. And uh, my dad really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed being able to walk around with him too. That was great. And then uh, again, I mentioned the caffeine and octane one with a new friend that I also met because of his car, uh, 720S. And he's offered to let me drive that 720S. And that is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Once again, because of this car. Um, right. it's just unreal. I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, I did not anticipate this, but the Lotus in a weird way has actually changed my life. And I, it's, it sounds, sounds like kind of, 
cliche to say that. Um, it absolutely sounds cliche to say that. Um, but it somehow managed to humble me more, which I mean, I always try to stay humble um, with everything. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm a normal guy. I'm, just, I'm a software engineer. I make decent money, but not, I'm not super wealthy right. um, or anything like that. I just, you know, I'm normal, I'd say. Um, but that car, I'd say, could make some people have a big head. And I was specifically trying to not have a big head. And so it kind of humbled me in a lot of other areas, just, just so I can kind of keep tabs of that, which, is, which has been a good thing. That's never a bad thing uh, to check yourself every now and then. Um, and it's brought, me, it's brought me a ton of networking opportunities, new friends in different areas. Um, it's just crazy. It's absolutely nuts what that car has done in such a short amount of time. And I mean, it's, it's to the point where I, I really don't think I've never been super sentimental about a car. And this one, I started out sentimental. And at this part, it's getting more and more sentimental. This is going to be one of those that I don't, I don't think I should ever sell. I don't think I could ever do it at this point. So it's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was, gonna, I was, well, I was going to ask, uh, did you, did your dad drive your Lotus yet? He has. Yep. And he loved it. He loved it. Uh, I mean, he, he just, there's something about that Lotus. When you hear the power number, you're not that impressed. It's, it's 3000 pounds. So even that is heavy for Lotus. Right. Um, you hear 280 horsepower and I think 250 foot pounds torque. You hear that? That is underwhelming. I'm aware yeah. of that. I've driven way faster cars, but the thing is my dad's GTS, AMG GTS is 500 horsepower and it's the fastest car I've I've been in today. The 720S is going to beat that for sure. Um, but I've not ridden in that or driven that yet. Um, but that car is, is bonkers, nuts. You know, that's one thing. But my dad also, when he drove it, he, he was impressed. And when I drove him, he was impressed. Uh, because the way the torque hits and the way the gearing is, that's what I've figured out is that it's really the shorter gearing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's geared towards acceleration. Because uh, the thing is like four point seven four point six four point seven zero to sixty which that's quicker than you might think because i, I kind of just brushed that off um but it's it's right. quick the way the torque hits the way the gearing hits it it's quick and i also did a uh, i've learned you go second gear three thousand rpm and pin it and it's naturally aspirated um it revs up to about 7200 uh, i drove my friend that has the 911 carrera s he has a 2016 911 Carrera S, a 3.8 liter, 415 horsepower. Mm-hmm. This is a manual. We drove in my car first. He rode in mine. Uh, at this point, I wasn't ready to let people drive it. Uh, he's one that I'll probably let drive at some point. Um, so we go in my car first. I said, I'm going to put it in second gear because he, one of the things we wanted to compare was power. Because, I mean, he's got almost 100. I mean, he's got 150 plus horsepower on me, right? Uh, and only 400. 500 pounds heavier, which I guess that's a lot, but that's not as much as you might think. Right. That's a couple of um, passengers when you think about it. In the two, I mean. Exactly. Yeah. So, and a full tank of gas. I mean, yeah. even that. So, um, so we, we go out and I, and I say, okay, I'm going to put it in second gear and we're going to pin it at 3000 RPM because that, I, it does kind of come up on cam right around that point. It's a big difference. So we do that. And he grew this big grin and was real excited. And he said, holy shit, that feels way faster than I expected. And I said, I know. 
there's something about it that, and I don't know how it, and the thing is, I should add that uh, the reason he was really wanting to ride in that car, um, he was between an Avora and a 911 Carrera S. And the okay. only reason he didn't buy an Avora is because he's a big spider convertible guy. He really right. likes having top down. He's, he's just, he got bit by the bug with that, with MR2 days, removable roof right. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so he was thoroughly impressed. My dad, thoroughly impressed. I, myself, thoroughly impressed when I first got on a highway ramp and, and went. And of course, you know, it, it runs out of steam a little bit. I, I, I'll, I could probably, it, I could probably cap out my driving abilities with that car um, and probably need a little bit more. And I, I mean, one of these days, there's a tuning package I can do, I found out. Um, I already have one piece of it. I need to do a cold air intake, which I'm going to do at the beginning of the year anyway. Uh, the stock air box is so restrictive that I'm going to, I'm going to rip it out because that saves another like 20 or 30 pounds. Right. Um, and it's just, it's simpler to change the filter. It's just, it's all around just a better idea. And then also a um, set of headers, uh, so exhaust headers. Uh, it's, right. uh, it kind of removes some of the cats, but high flow cats in. Those two things, that's it. And a tune that they say is stage two from BOE gives you 90 more horsepower in a wow. 90 horsepower. I have never in my life seen something that simple unlock that much horsepower from a naturally aspirated car. I've never seen that. No, no, um, that's, that's, uh, that's so, quite a bit. Yeah. And 70 foot pounds of torque as well. And it's, it's a $4,000 package. So and especially in something me, that's that, probably that light. Yeah. And I should say, if I do do that, that puts the power right at what the Avora S stock power is. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll probably do that in a, in a few years. Uh, likely we'll want to swap the clutch out around that time anyway, too. And I'll just upgrade it to the, the Avora S clutch. And then it should be able, everything else should be the same as the Avora S. And that, that it should be able to take it. Right. So, so, uh, being a, a, a newly minted Lotus guy, uh, when you're at these car shows, what are you looking at? Because obviously you're the only Lotus. You're not going around looking at other Lotuses. What kind of cars draw your attention? Um, I kind of, I mean, I kind of look at everything, and I also try to look at everything. Uh, that was something that my friend Nate actually—he's uh, the guy with the McLaren. Um, that's kind of one of those things that he's gotten me more into because he rolls up in this, it's a, a rare color. Of, uh, he's got this uh, Aztec gold McLaren 720S. I'd never heard of it before, but yeah, yeah. I think it's like a $15,000 paint option. Um, <laughs> and so when he rolls in, everybody goes to that car, you know? So the first thing Nate and I do, we both want to get out of our cars and move because if you don't, you're going to get stuck at your cars. You won't get to do anything. So we, right. we get out of our cars and dip, we're gone. Um, and, uh, and then we just kind of go walk around. We'll go rock, walk around and go look at uh, so, something that from afar looks like a complete piece of junk. And you get up to it and realize the engine's probably a $40,000 build. And so, right. I, I mean, I like to see all kinds of stuff. I, I can't really tell you what, what I go look at, but pretty much just everything, everything I well, can. Is there anything that like, if you could have a third vehicle in your driveway, you see and go, yeah, I'd like to do that. A third vehicle. Um, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I would always love to have like a McLaren, a Ferrari or anything. I mean, that'd right. be great to have in the driveway, you know, as well. Um, uh, friend, uh, the same guy that has a GT3 is he's got a track hawk as 
well. And if you were just going to give me one, I would take Trackhawk because why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I don't, I mean, I've got everything I would, I've got everything I would need between these two cars. I've got my fun car that that's an event, which is what I wanted it. I wanted it to be an event car to drive. Uh, and then I got my forerunner for utility and I, I love them both. And I mean, I don't, I don't really find myself longing for anything different except for, I kind of, I kind of want the Amira that just came out, but right. that's, that's out of my price range for now. Um, but yeah, I don't find myself longing for a car anymore. And that was something that I've struggled with for years. That's why I've had so many cars. I, I get bored yeah. with it after a couple of years and then I want something else. And that was a product of, I can only afford one car. So what can I get that checks off this, 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 and this. Right. Uh, so then you end up with something like a WRX STI or a Lancer Evo. You know, do you get a sedan that's got space? You could bring a dog in that and it's fine. You've got a trunk and then you got sports capabilities. But the thing is you get... I got tired of everything I ever had quickly. And now that I've got two cars, I don't get tired of them because uh, I love the 4Runner. I, I, I don't know why, but I just love that 4Runner. Uh, so that thing's not going anywhere anytime soon. And then when I want to just have something that's faster and more fun and maybe turn some heads, because that's always kind of an event, I can go drive the Avora for, for a day or something. And, and it's great. And then if that ever feels starts feeling kind of slow, I'll just get back in the Forerunner, get used to the Forerunner <laughs> a little a little bit, and I get back in the uh, Lotus, and it feels super fast again. So it really um, it really completed me in a way I didn't right. expect. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Auto Riff. Uh, all of season one is done. It is now car space. Get used to it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, re- I expect by the uh, time this show has posted, we'll be at 500 listens uh, on the podcast. And that's not including the YouTube. Uh, we'll probably be around 750, 800 at that point. So I really appreciate that. I obviously going into the season, I didn't know what to expect. You either get one listen or, you know, millions. I, I don't know. I didn't know how all that worked. So I really appreciate your support. Um, I appreciate everyone that has communicated to me. I appreciate everyone who has interviewed with me I and any help I've gotten along the way. Thank you to Matt for the episodes he's uh, come in for. There he will be in more of uh, more episodes of Car Space. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you in January. Mm-hmm.